Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. Today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. So if you've got your Bibles or you've got your cell phone with the Bible app on it, or um, you got a tablet with the Bible on it, whatever you got, we are turning to Luke chapter 12. Luke is in the New Testament. It's one of the four Gospels. Um, so it's near the beginning of the New Testament, and it's called a Gospel because it talks about the good news. Gospel is a word that means good news. Uh, it talks about the good news about Jesus. And we have four Gospels. Four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we are in the book of Luke in chapter 12. Now before we get there, I want to talk about um, my childhood. I spent a lot of time as a kid watching cartoons, and that is why I am so smart today. One of my favorite cartoons to watch growing up, it was after we, we had kind of, we had gone from the, the, uh, the three channels that we had, there were a lot of years we had just the three channels, well actually there were several years we had two channels, and then it was this glorious moment where we had three channels, (laughs) and then we got satellite. And the cartoons you can watch on satellite, it's just a whole new world. And one of my favorite cartoons to watch growing up is I would come home from school and Spider-Man would be on. Now, this was, this was one of my favorite cartoons. I, it, it was so good that since I've been an adult, I've actually gone back and watched some of those episodes one of the things about Spider-Man that was so, so interesting or so captivating for me was, was simply the, the intense like, weight that this character had. Now, if you're not familiar with Spider-Man, it's the basic superhero, right? There's a normal kid, and then he gets superpowers, and now he's got to go save the world. That's basically how it goes. But there was a really compelling element to this where he had an uncle who died and he was kind of haunted by something his uncle had told him years ago. His uncle had said to him, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility. And so when he ended up with superpowers, he was like, oh, My uncle is telling me that. I can hear my uncle saying to me, with great power comes great responsibility. And he was kind of haunted by that, and that's what drove him to be a superhero. I find that I look around, I look around at the world, I look around at the people, some people that I know and some people that I don't know and I just kind of look around in my world and I see a lot of people that have a lot of superpowers. Or maybe not superpowers, they just have power. I think about... I think about politicians 
and, and government workers who have a lot of influence and a lot of power over things. And I watch what they do and I watch what they, and I listen to what they say. And so often I'm left feeling like, why aren't you doing more? Why aren't you accomplishing more? It seems like you're using your power to benefit yourself. Why aren't you doing more to help others? Why aren't you doing more to create good change? Why aren't you doing more? With great power comes great responsibility. And that's not all of them, but a lot of times I, I see that. I look around and, and I see people with a lot of money. It's very easy you go to the, you look on the news or you turn on the TV and you see all these people that have all this money. Millions and billions and they're, they're flying off to space or they're, they're building this thing or they're buying these cars and you look at them and you say, you've got all this money. You have all this power. And what are you doing with it? Why are you using it to make a difference in healthcare? Why aren't you using it to make a difference in education? Why aren't you using it to fight the, the drug problem of our communities? Why, what are you doing with it? How come you're not doing more? With great power comes great responsibility. I look around, I see people who are simply of influence. Fame. It's not necessarily the money that they have or that they're some political figure, but you just look around and you see people of influence. And that might be because they're a professional in a certain field or maybe because just they're popular and people look to them for advice or whatever. And you, again, so often I'm left feeling, how come you're using your fame? How come you're using your influence? How come you're using your popularity to make yourself... Your, your own life better? How come you're not using it to create how people treat other people? How come you're not using your influence to make a difference in, in how kids feel about themselves? How come you're not using your influence to make a difference in, in how we as a society function? You've got great power and with that comes great responsibility. Why are you wasting it? I feel like that a lot. But then I remember Spider-Man again and realized that Uncle Ben, the superhero's uncle, didn't tell him with great power comes great responsibility because he was a superhero. He told him that before he was a superhero. He told him that when he was just a regular, normal kid. This was a piece of advice, not for someone that had huge amounts of resources and huge amounts of influence and huge amounts of money and power. This was a piece of advice that was given to a normal, everyday person. And what's really interesting is that that thought and that idea 
did not originate with a cartoon, did not originate with superheroes, it did not originate with comic books. This is a very old idea. This is an idea that Jesus had and that Jesus shared. And so we turn to Luke chapter 12 and we'll see what he has to say. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus makes a pretty strong statement, some pretty strong statements, some pretty strong statements. directives here in this passage. We're going to read Luke chapter 12 and we're going to read 35 until the end of verse 48. It's a long passage, but I think we need to dig into it to get how serious this is and the fact that he is telling this to us. Jesus says, be dressed, ready for service and keep your lamps burning. Like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? Jesus answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager, whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant, whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, My master's taking a long time coming home. And then he begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he is not aware of. And he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving of punishment will be, will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. This is not simply a cute cartoon phrase. This is not just a simple, this is a piece of advice to get ahead in your life. And if you want to get ahead in your life and you've got good stuff, then you need to go out and make a difference. This isn't, this isn't a pep talk. 
This is a calling and a warning. Jesus is using very strong language here. He's saying that we are all here for a purpose. We are all here to serve God. And as servants of God, we have a responsibility. And we have been given authority and responsibility. And if we don't use it, there are consequences. But if we do use it, and if we are faithful, and we take what God has given us, and we use it, and we don't wait, and we don't say, well, I've got time to figure this out. But we act now. And we serve now. Not only will there be rewards, but so many other people will be affected. Jesus says, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. With great power comes great responsibility. My thought, my, my sum up, my thing I want us to, to hold on to today is that you have what you have so you can make a difference. You have what you have so you can make a difference. This isn't about all the rich and famous people. This isn't about the politicians. This isn't about everyone that's popular and on TV and that everybody looks to. This is not about them. Whenever we focus on them and we just think about how horrible they are or how much they're failing, we are missing the point that this is a charge that has been given to us. That we have what we have. So we can make a difference. So we can serve our King. So we can honor Jesus and we can see lives saved. Now you may be thinking, okay, I get that, I get that. But I don't have a lot. I'm not sure I've got anything. And I believe that's a lie of the enemy. That's either a lie of the of the enemy or it's a, it's an excuse. Because the truth of the matter is that we are here and we have all kinds of resources. Many of you here have life experience and skills that you use on a daily basis. Some of them, some of you, you use them for work. Some of them, you use them in your hobbies. But you have life experience and you have skills, whether that's you can work on cars or you can build things out of wood or you know how to, how to write effectively or you know technology or you're good at, at talking through people and calming them down or giving direction. You know how to manage things. You know how to serve your, your bodybuilder, whatever it is. You have a certain set of skills that you have and you use them. That's not nothing. 
Some of you here have resources. It might be a house. It might be a cottage, it might be a boat, it might be money, it might be a car, it may be guitars, it may be... You have stuff, you have access to resources. And you may say, well, compared to so-and-so, I don't have hardly anything. Compared to so-and-so, I'm, I'm in, living in poverty. Compared to so-and-so... And this isn't me trying to make you feel guilty for the life that you have. We just need some perspective and to understand that we have what we have so we can make a difference. And you have these resources. I have these resources. And I've been given these resources to make a difference. You may just be scraping by. You may be in a place where you don't know how you're even going to pay your rent. I'm not saying you've got to somehow become homeless to, to serve. I'm just saying that you need to be aware of the resources that God has given you. And I think most, if not all of us here, have a very precious thing called hope. And that may seem like just a cute little thing to say. But when you look around and you pause and you look at the people around you at work or at school or the store or on TV or the internet, you see what people are commenting on and saying on Facebook, you know that hope is a very rare resource. And we live in a world that is desperate for hope. And you've got it. You've got it. And you have it so that you can make a difference. It's a little bit like the situation of Watching, watching cartoons with your kids. I don't know if you have ever experienced this. I imagine many of you have. But you're, and it may not be your kids. It may be you're watching something with your spouse. And you've got the remote. And you've, just, and you've been sitting down and you were watching Paw Patrol with your kids. Or you were watching a soap opera with your some, your friend or your spouse or you're watching some kind of really manly show that you find really stupid and annoying and right you're there and you've been watching these things because the other people in, are there in the room and then they leave and go do something and you're sitting on the couch you've got the remote but you are still there watching the show because it's on does that happen to anybody? You just leave it on and a half hour goes by and you just realize that you watched Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, an entire episode of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse by yourself without any children in the room? You got the resource. 
You can make a difference. Or it's like sitting in the car waiting for somebody to go finish their stuff in the store and it's getting really, really hot in the car and you've got the key and you just sit there baking in the car even though you could just turn the car on and turn on the AC and not be dying. But you don't do it. You've got the resources. You've got the access. And beyond, beyond these things, we have this access to the King. To God Almighty. Who has all the resources. All the power. All the open doors. And we have direct access to Him. And there are lots of things in our world that need us to step up and make a difference for. You may have certain skills and certain abilities that we could use here in ministry. You're handy. We've got things we've got to do to this building and the building next door to make sure that we keep this up and, and safe and functioning so that we can have these resources, these buildings for a long time to continue doing ministry. We might need you to build crafts for the kids' ministry. We may need you to serve and share some of your life experience with the teens or with the kids. You may have the ability to make coffee in the morning when we start making coffee again and we're able to do this thing without masks. You may have the skill set where you can fix somebody's car or do some renovations to their house when they can't afford it. And they're having trouble getting to work or having trouble having a healthy, safe place to live. And you've got skills that can help. You look around and you see that there are actually kids, actually families, that are going without the basic, basic food they need to be healthy. The basic clothing they need. Safe transportation. And we might have the money or the car or the house or the room or the whatever is necessary to make a difference in their lives. And we look around and we see kids who are trapped by the questions and the weight that is put on them at such a young age now And they're seeing, we're seeing the, the mental health crisis boom with adults, but it's booming with children. And more and more we see that everyone around us needs some 
hope. They need the love of Jesus. They need the hope that sin does not have to defeat us, that sin does not have to trap us, that we do not need to be afraid of death because death has been defeated and people need to know that and they need Him to reach inside of them and set them free and to change them and take that weight of sin away and to free them from the power of addiction in their lives. And they need that hope. And we can share that with them. Whether it's a skill, whether it's a resource, or or, or whether it's hope, you have what you have so you can make a difference. The worship team's going to come up, and I'm just going to wrap up here. I want to encourage all of you to think about this and to think about what God has given you. And I can't, I can't stand up here and, and pick out anybody and say, God is saying to you that you need to give $20 and, and God needs, you need to open up your home. I, I can't make those calls. I don't know what the resources are that are in your life and I don't know what God is calling you to do. And it is not a blanket statement that all of you should just hand over all your money or all of you should just invite somebody into your home. I don't know that. But my sense is that God has already been speaking to you this morning, telling you directly what it is that he has given you and what some of the things are that he wants you to do with them. But I do want you to consider. I want you to consider where you can serve. Where you can use your skill, your experience, your time, your energy, where you can serve, where you can volunteer. I want you to consider what you can give and whether that's an offering or a tithe or you know somebody that's in need that needs a place to stay or just they need some groceries or they need something. What can you give? And then I want you, I want to encourage you to get creative. To think about what God has given you and how you can use that to make a difference. In the lives of those around you or maybe even bigger than that. Maybe in our community, maybe in our province, maybe in our country, maybe in places around the world. Because you have what you have to make a difference. To whom much is given, much is required. With great power comes great responsibility. And you have what you have so you can make a difference. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways.